Like I thought I was going to be the next Steve Irwin, because um, yeah. I, I I really liked animals a lot, and uh, I was always kind of the kid that was never afraid to jump in and like catch a rattlesnake or a Gila monster or whatever. He's from Phoenix, Arizona, putting his own Southwest spin on pop music. You may know him from his songs Just Like You or Been A While. Please welcome Wheelwright to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so just kind of first question, just to get things started. What was your first experience with music like, or what made you get into music? Oh, dude. Uh, I um. I actually started playing music in like the fourth grade. I uh, I, I I played violin because my school had a music like had like this program where fourth graders and fifth graders had to be in either orchestra band or choir. And um, I don't know something about the violin. I was like, yeah, yeah. okay, man, I'm just gonna go for I'm gonna go for some violining. And uh, at first, I didn't like it very much. You know, there's like anything else I would rather be doing, like playing baseball with my buddies or like riding bikes around the neighborhood. I've been more into like the outdoorsy sports areas. Not even just outdoorsy sports, just like little kid stuff. Yeah. Like I was, just, I was just a little boy. I wanted to climb trees and I wanted to like pretend to fight people. I wanted to like do stupid little boy stuff. And uh, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't probably until like seventh or eighth grade that I really started enjoying it because my parents made me keep on doing the violin thing. Yeah. And um, and I I I think I acknowledge that I kind of had like a like I I had kind of a a, a bit of a gift for for it because I like I started playing violin and I started playing viola from that and then like piano a little bit here and there and like I, I it's yeah. not that I it's not that I hated doing it I just like doing other stuff more yeah. but I want to say that in like in high school that's when it really started to click for me. Um, and I started uh, like putting. I'd always kind of written poetry because I was a little, I was a little kid with his own set of problems, and uh, poetry is kind of what got me through it. And uh, I started playing guitar because it was the easiest thing to sing with. And uh, I started writing songs in high school, and um, kind of grew from there. Yeah, that's actually like pretty close to my experience in my school. Like fourth, fifth grade, they uh, I think they had options. It was like uh, trumpet, flute, violin. And you had to pick one of those and play. Yeah. And they, like, had a day where, like, you could go around and try all the instruments. And, like, I tried trumpet, just couldn't really, like, get the lips right to get a sound. And I tried it's violin, tough. thought it was fine, and then did flute. And we were, like, playing for a while. And just blown into the flute, I started to feel lightheaded. And I was like, maybe this isn't the <laughs> instrument for me. So I ended up doing violin in fourth grade, too. Cool, man. Hell yeah. yeah. So. Uh, where, whereabouts are you? I'm in New York right now, based out of New oh, York. Oh, okay. Cool. Like New York City? Or like... A uh, little outside the city, in one of the suburbs. And um, Okay, cool. Yeah, but I grew up back in LA, moved here when I was 13 or so. Wicked coast to coast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big move. Right on, man. So, um, as a kid, like, growing up, you said, like, there were things you liked more than, like, violin or music. Was there anything 
you thought you might do in life other than music? Like, you know, all the kids have dreams of, like, oh, athlete, like, astronaut, anything like that? I thought I was going to be the crocodile hunter. Like, I thought I was going to be the next Steve Irwin. Because um, yeah. I, I, I really liked animals a lot. And uh, I was always kind of the kid that was never afraid to jump in and, like, catch a rattlesnake or a Gila monster or whatever. Yeah. Um, which, you know, what Arizona is our, our own little slice of Australia in America. Like, there's, there's yeah. all sorts of crazy animals out here. And um, me and my buddies, actually, we used to... We used to go out with our little video recorders and um, uh, document me, like, catching animals with my bare hands, and my parents hated it. But, like, it was, it was a thrill that I loved doing. And I, and I learned a lot about, you know, how to handle, uh, you know, reptiles and, and um, animals properly. And I took courses on how to deal with different, you know, types of snakes. And um, mm-hmm. I was really into it. But... Uh, uh, I kind of gave up that dream and wanted to be a surgeon for a little while. Yeah. And then uh, I grew up and started playing music. Actually, so here's the thing. I I, I kind of stumbled and tripped into actually playing music as a career because I, I, got, I got my degree in, in business at ASU. And um, I thought that I was going to just work for an advertising firm in Phoenix that's, that was pretty, uh, like a pretty big deal at the school. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, I started a band as as graduation got a little bit closer, and uh, for whatever reason, the band started doing well enough that I was like, "Yeah, I guess I guess I'll give this a shot." Because <laughs> people started coming out to shows and stuff, and we thought we were, it was like we thought we were gonna play um, three shows and kind of be done with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had people coming out and like singing songs that they picked up from YouTube and stuff by the third show, and it just kind of felt right to keep doing it. So um, I started a band called Jared in the Mill, like probably in like 2012, 2011, 2012, yeah. and uh, that progressed into Wheelwright, which is uh, you know the current form. Yeah, and so um, Wheelwright now it's is it kind of more of like a solo project for you? than a yeah. band setting. Yeah, it's actually, it's funny, because um, Jared in the Mill was, was rocking pretty hard, and we were doing pretty well up until the end of the world in 2020. And, um, you know, circumstances change and things happen, and yeah. uh, we're all buddies, and um, uh, it just it just made a little bit more sense for me to kind of try my own thing, but all the guys that were in Jared in the Mill, uh, uh, they're still my creative team and they still write with me and we still tour together and make music mm-hmm. together. Um, this, this just, the new form just kind of gives them a little more freedom to do the stuff that they want to do. Yeah. So what, uh, what's kind of like the difference or like, what do you think are some of the pros and cons of like a more like band playing together setting and like a solo artist setting? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about collaboration when you're in a band, right? Like you, yeah. you, everyone kind of has a say in how a song sounds or like, you know, what, what your plans are for a tour or whatever, um, how, how a record cover looks and what the shirts are going to look like, that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, uh, that is a beautiful process. The, the collaborative effort of like friends doing something cool together is always, there's something just electric about it. Uh, but it feels a little bit more artistic to kind of be my own creative force in a way. And I'm, you know, to, to be able to just like sit side by side with like a producer and 
you know, not have a, a vote on what we do with the song or anything, but just like my vision and like yeah. what's going on in my head can go straight onto the tape and there's not a big discussion about it. It's just, you know, I create a song based on how I want the song to sound. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, 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 it's really freeing. Uh, but I definitely miss that collab- collaborative, like pirate ship of a process yeah. with, with, with my boys. And so like, Towards the start of it, you mentioned you were like working with this advertising agency while also while you started Jared in the Mill. Uh, as you were as you were kind of getting set up and everything, you said uh, you hurt your fingers and been doing yard work. Do you still have any work or like job you're doing outside of music? Yeah, actually, um, I uh, so I, I I I do like a lot of farm work for my grandpa. He owns a property up just north of town a little bit, and um, you know, I I plant the. I, hold on one second. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So uh, so my grandpa has this property just north of uh, just north of Phoenix, and um, I go down there and I, I do you know the kind of the grunt work, move move soil around, or dig trenches for garden boxes, or you know do a lot of watering and a lot of digging and a lot of moving, moving fence posts around, stuff like that. I kind of, I come from an old cowboy family. Yeah. So, uh, despite trying to live on the road and be a, a touring artist, I still have to pay my, my family dues. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I, I, I snagged a, a fence post with my, with my hand and, um, cut it open and I just, I just reopened it getting ready for, for this chat that uh, we're having. <laughs> That's why I was late. Um, but aside from that, I uh, I actually I, I, I do a lot of uh, a lot of cooking. I really enjoy I really enjoy cooking. And um, over quarantine, I, I started a pasta company because I have chickens oh, in really? my house and I have a I have a garden and everything. And um, so I started making fresh handmade pasta, uh, and it's like just kind of selling it on Instagram. Uh, kind of first come first serve. This is what I made. I'm selling yeah. it for this much kind of thing, and. Um, that started to do really well, and it got me. I started uh, making pasta for restaurants around town and stuff, and uh, have a couple buddies who work with me, and, and they're making pasta too. And then, yeah, uh, awesome. yeah just kind of—I I don't know—I I'm—I try my best to keep keep my life diverse because I'm not—I'm not really good for like a single lane, you yeah. know. And so, like, your family seems to be like a kind of—I I don't want to say like old-fashioned, but like kind of very family family based family yeah like they have a lot of family values um so were they supportive at first when you were kind of like hey i want to do this music thing i want to go like tour with my music all of that yeah they're they're actually crazy they're crazy supportive um my my mom she was she was an arts teacher and she's a she's an interior designer so she's all about the creative pursuits um and uh and my dad believes that he would have been a singer if he didn't, you know, have to get a, a normal job um, in his early twenties. He, he thinks he, he would have been a, a singer himself. So uh, I, I mean, they're both they're both really proud and um, they're super supportive of, of what I do. And uh, my whole family is super accommodating. Like, you know, and, and and you know, for all of the for all of the family values and old fashionedness, we're still uh, we're pretty progressive family yeah. so like you know there is they're they're kind of like hey as long as you can support yourself and uh you know make it work you know yeah. we we support you and 
we uh, we're, we're proud of you no matter what you do in life. So yeah. it's been it's been really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so like you were saying, like you would go around like learning all these facts about animals, catching animals. Would you yeah. want to like be able to do something with animals either in the future, like now or in the future? Maybe. I mean, I I think it'd be really to have a to have like a ranch of some sort. I think that yeah. cow, cows are. Uh, are, are super super interesting creatures steer rather um and uh i mean i get a kick out of chickens they're just the funniest animals to watch like yeah. operate and they're dumber than hell you can like uh you can trap one like behind a chair and doesn't realize you can go around the chair to get to like the food i just like throw food out and then i put a chair in the way of them and they like can't figure out like how to maneuver around it's just it, it's hours yeah. of entertainment it's 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 definitely old fat that part is definitely old fat. <laughs> yeah but uh you, you find your fun. fun in the little things you know yeah exactly it's it's, it's a good time um but maybe dude i don't i don't know yeah. i like i kind of i kind of trust the river when it comes to my to my lifestyle yeah, you're keeping and, you know whatever kind of your options over your neck and like to dug into one thing you're keeping yeah exactly for you different know. lanes in the future yeah, you know, as long as I can make it work, and if, if I've got too much on my plate, I kind of make the decision to cut something off. But uh, I'm I'm kind of hyperactive. I've got a lot of energy, um, yeah. and I like I like solving problems. So it's it's fun for me to kind of just do whatever and uh, diversify my bonds, as yeah. one thing I would say. <laughs> so like, what uh, what tips or like advice would you give to someone just now starting their music career, whether with a band or solo, like? They're, they have a few songs, they're trying to get their name out there. What kind of advice would you give to them? Man, you know, whenever I hear people talking about this on, on like, you know, podcasts or TikToks or whatever, it's my brain is always, like, coming up with my answers, but when I'm actually asked in real life, it's hard for me to, to say. Yeah. But I think I think that um, if, I, if I had to give you, like, an actual answer for that, I would say, that, like, find find what's different about what you do and sort of, uh, like, capitalize on that. Like, like, I think we live in a world where, like, quality or, like, good music is so readily available and the assets that you need to create, like, decent-sounding music are so readily available mm-hmm. that people aren't as interested. Like, like, someone, I heard someone say that, like, when you're when you're trying to make a career out of music, like being having good songs and sounding good is like the that's the first step. Mm-hmm. So like once you're past that, I think you gotta ask yourself like what what am I doing differently that that would make what people makes want me stand to? Out. Yeah, what kind of sets me apart? Um, and and I think it's really easy to to want to follow what other people are doing that's popular because that's, you know, it's, you want, you want to emulate people who are finding success, but it's usually not like the aesthetic choice or the type of music that someone's making that really gives them that boost. It's just yeah. everyone's, all the, all the greats are, are, have a thing that they do really well that, um, that ends up being like their, their, you know their rock that yeah. they stand on, and then when you when you have that, if your creative freedoms actually like sort of open up because you have this like uh, you have like this working condition 
that you are able to like kind of sit in and and um yeah i don't know i spent i spent so long i think like trying to make music like all the people who were uh successful at any given time yeah. and i wish that i had you know myself from the future to come back and grab me by the shirt and say just like do you yeah. you are the only you on this planet and if anyone is going to have any any interest in you it's going to be because you are you not because you look and sound like someone else so um that's like the, the biggest piece of advice i can give yeah. and and so I, like, I think that's cliche but it's it's the god's honest truth yeah and so like find like finding what sets you apart how, do you think you've found that yet for yourself and if so what is it i think that that's like a moving goalpost, you know mm-hmm. um because i i also believe that stasis isn't a very good thing you shouldn't you shouldn't like sit and just you know you, you shouldn't get comfortable doing just one yeah thing. yeah but i th- i think that like my you know like like you said I'm, I'm bringing my own like southwestern sort of inspiration to pop music and um i think i think that I think that my thing is just exemplifying young people from the part of the world that I'm from. Um, you know, like a lot of people think of Arizona and they don't they don't realize that Phoenix is like the fifth biggest city in the country. Yeah. You know, like like we have you know we're <laughs> I got asked I I I still get asked sometimes if I like rode horses to school or anything like that. And it's like nope, just uh, you know. Cars like everyone else, there was no like, you know, uphill yeah. both ways through quicksand or anything. Like, we're a, we're a big city, and so like kind of bringing that that modernized uh, uh, zeitgeist and like culture yeah. into sort of the space of like the romanticized cowboy and like kind of mixing the two like worlds is sort of is sort of like what what my my aesthetic is. Yeah. Um, mixing in a little bit of that, like Blade Runner, future, you know, Manhunter kind of stuff, um, and then from like a music perspective, sort of doing the same thing where we we take old Western like uh, tropes, I, I'll, I'll say, but like yeah. try try to renew them, you know, like like big baritone part. And when I say Western, I don't mean like country, not like yeah. you know, lock lock my keys in my car and my dog ran away like that kind of stuff isn't so much what i write about um or or sound like but it's more like the old spaghetti western sort of like classic yeah american like cowboy stuff like super vintagey but like sort of try to bring that into the 21st century um that's kind of the goal like the big scapey deserty sounds um sort of undertoning the the alternative pop music that i make and so, was there ever a moment where, like, whether with the band or with We Were Right, like, where, like, something was going wrong, you thought, like, you had kind of plateaued, or, like, you wouldn't, like, music maybe wouldn't work out, maybe, like, maybe you made the wrong decision. Was there anything that made you kind of think about taking a step back or stopping music? Uh, I mean, not, not, not to scare anyone out there, but I think... I think everyone deals with that every day yeah. <laughs> until maybe you're like, I don't know, you know, if you're, if you're Justin Bieber. Maybe yeah. Until, not, like, until you hit like the pinnacle of your <laughs> yeah, industry. Exactly. But I mean, I, you know, I wake up every day and my feet hit the ground and I'm like, 
man, what are you doing? <laughs> just like throwing a Hail Mary with your life. Um, but it's, it's fun. And, and, you know, I, I think that there's so many opportunities that have been presented to me through getting to know people in the music industry and through like the creative process that, um, I think whether or not music like pans out for me for my whole life, I have a community that I've built around myself that Mm -hmm. kind of allows me to keep that creative fire. And like, I'll always find something sort of interesting in this world to do, which, um, I think that that's like the greatest gift that I could have ever given myself is just kind of staying with it and, uh, you know, falling more and more in love with, with, uh, what I do every day, even though sometimes you hate it too. It's just kind of the way it goes. So is there like any person, whether it's like another artist or someone in your life that like kind of has inspired you the most, like to just like go for it and do music? Um, I don't know. It's, I, I'm, I think, I think that I, I, some, sometimes I'm maybe a little too pragmatic. Um, and I think, I think like realistically there's the music industry is in a place that like is kind of unprecedented. Like we never really had a climate where the, where the internet was like fully integrated into the world of music like we do now. Yeah. Um, it's and it's, it's hard, for, it's hard to like find role models f- from, from like any time gone by that I'm like, yeah, they did it. The, right. Cause like, yeah. you know, everything's just so different now that we all live on the internet. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm also, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not the hippest dude to like all the, all the different artists. And yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also walk, just like, walk to the earth kind of like you were saying it's such right now it's such a more like open and accessible industry than it ever has been before because like almost anyone can just make a song of some sort and find one way or another to put it out whether it's yeah uh, because now we have people who like aren't even on some streaming services they do youtube soundcloud all these other things that are completely free and just get their music out there. And right. so what do you think are kind of like, do you think that's kind of a good thing, bad thing, mix of the two that it's, that it is such a now saturated market and everything? I, I, I think that ultimately it's a good thing. Cause like it's going to force more and more creativity and skill and quality work out of, out of the, the people that make music Um, but it's certainly, like you said, is like kind of oversaturated the world with, with tunes and it makes you kind of work a little bit harder, you know, (laughs) my, uh, my agent, he was telling me about, um, he, he, he represented a band called fastball. Um, and they're a band from the nineties that had a hit, uh, called the way I think, but, um, it sounded it sounds bananas, but in the nineties, like if you could play a song and you guys were in tune together, like a band would get signs, just like like that, because yeah. people had to go to the store and pay for records still. So like you know you couldn't just you couldn't just listen to a song well, over and over. Again most on, of the time, being, like signed to a label was the only way your music was getting out there. Like, right, it, totally. It, it was like 
you weren't really like an artist or a band unless you were signed to a label, and that's how your music would get out there in records, vinyl. Right. It wouldn't be like anyone can just go for it. Exactly, and because like because the headway I think was was so was so easy if you got to that point. Like if you if you were able if you had the resources yeah. of a label and like you were able to do that, as soon as you were in that position, you had like the world opened up to you. Where now, um, I think that you just got to really make your mark and you and you got to really go for it and uh, uh, show the world what you got yeah. and um, sort of fight, fight, fight up the hill until you get to a point because uh, it's just it's just the nature of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I but here's the thing is I I think that there's parts to every to every job you know like no there's no there's no perfect job where it's like yeah no there's no bad side yeah like and, and i think of that when you have like that the the video of halsey talking about like how she her labels forcing her to make tiktoks yeah in order to put out a song and stuff like that it's like yeah well you know and grow up that's like <laughs> well that's everyone another, has shit they don't want to do that's another good thing about how accessible the internet is because now it's not a coincidence that once we have these uh, lanes where artists can connect with their fans, that we hear these giant artists signed to a label now running into problems with their label or like disagreeing, not feeling, not feeling hurt or like the label going against kind of what they want. And it's like, well, this has always been a thing. You're just not hearing about it until now because it hasn't been so easy to hear about right exactly yeah you think about all like the old uh, like doo-wop singers and stuff we got locked into 360 deals where they didn't make any money and yeah. like tale as old as time baby this is showbiz everyone's trying to make a quick buck off you <laughs> yeah and so a lot of a lot of your songs a lot of your stuff kind of keeps this this kind of honest authentic feeling like lyrics that really speak truly and it doesn't kind of it it doesn't seem fake at all, or like, uh, or like seeming like everything's perfect. What kind of made you, you want to keep that honest, that real vibe? Yeah, I don't. I think that I think that, like like we've been talking about, like it's so it's so easy to make music nowadays, and I think that it's so easy to sound good nowadays, and like perfection just became this this very attainable. Thing for people who are making music that I I personally when I listen to music I, I want I want honesty and I want just like something because I think that it's it's kind of romantic to say but I think that the truth just sounds a little bit different um, and if you write a song that is like kind of brutally honest you're gonna get you're going to get a response out of people that is sort of more grounded in, in respect and appreciation because you're not, like, putting on the show for everyone. Yeah. You're just putting yourself out there and st- saying whatever's on your on your brain. And I, I think that that's more and more valuable, you know, in a post-Instagram world where everyone is just, like, constantly trying to present this idealism yeah. um, on everything. That it's not about being a bummer, you know, but it's, like, yeah. it's... it's you. It's it's just about it's about relating people and sort of seeing people eye to eye and being like, yeah, I mean, existence is pain, but like it's also beautiful, and we're also all here together, and like yeah. this is crazy. I <laughs> like you know, it's it's. I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own self importance, but I think that the more you're able to sort of you know give 
give a raw answer to people, the more and more I think people connect with you. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I uh, I went through a hard breakup, and that sucks, but here we are together on this yeah. flying rock. So like, let's let's also, you know, uh, uh, have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cry and dance at the same time. And so when you're kind of coming up with a new song, what does that kind of creative process look like? Where do you kind of, if you have like a way that you usually start songs from, what's that look like? Or do you just kind of wait for a song to take shape on its own? Yeah, I I mean, I, I, I try, I, I definitely sit down and like actively try to write songs. Yeah. But those are the ones that don't really go anywhere for me personally because like it, it's just, it's contrived. And it's a good skill set to have. I think that that's like sort of like working out where it's, you know, if you, if, if, if you, the, the more you write melodies and the more you, like, kind of put words together and the more you sort of uh, try to see the world through the lens of a songwriter, the better you'll get at songwriting. Yeah. But the ones that really jump out at me are where I'm, like, I'll be driving and just, like, a melody and a phrase will hit me and I'll be like, yeah, God, and I'll stop and I'll get on my phone and I'll record it and I'll think about it over and over again in my head. And, yeah. Um, whether it's a riff or whether it's like lyrics or whether it's anything, it's usually honestly starting with me driving or me in the shower or something. Yeah. And uh, I, there's no one starting point. There's no set of chords or there's no there's no just like you know lyrics or or yeah. melodies that are, are like it just kind of like comes. I don't. To there's, yeah, there's not a starting point. It's just like whatever's there is there, and I sort of fill in the space that uh, needs to be filled in. Mm-hmm. And so. It, like, what do you kind of try to find like inspiration in other artists that kind of help you with your creative process, or do you think you're like, are you trying to stay original? Uh, what's that kind of like? Well, I mean, I I'm 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 a huge sucker for for. I'm 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 so inspired by like Frank Ocean lately, for example. Yeah. Um, I listen to his music sort of religiously, and uh, I'm. I, I think that I try my best to, to glean songwriting ideas from him, but not in like a copy and paste sort of way. Yeah. But I'll, but, just like, I I, I think that the more and more you listen to an artist, the more like your brain starts to. It's subconscious at that point. Yeah, like subconsciously put things together. So like I love the way that he is able to flow in between melodies and like there's not a lot of song structure but every but like he has hooks. Um and I just think the world of his music and uh, of his his art artistry. So that's a big one right now, but before that, I mean um really into uh I listened to, to Kendrick Lamar religiously yeah. before Frank, and um, I have my periods of listening to Drake, and I have my periods of listening to T-Pain, and all the while I'm listening to, like, I'm a sucker for, you know, old 60s revivalist folk and yeah. uh, outlaw country stuff, um, just because that's sort of what uh, uh, I was raised on. Um, so it all kind of blends together, but I, I definitely, uh, I think right now, Right now, right now, Frank Ocean is like the artist, and I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. that's there's something in there that I can that I can I can achieve. I think um, yeah. 
So that's that's the one for me right now. And so like it, it seemed that like there were a couple of like hip hop rap artists in there. Would you ever think about kind of getting more into that vein, like a more like hip hop rap style or song? Yeah, maybe. I I, I I'm a I'm a believer in just sticking to to my strengths. Um, yeah. And I, I started I started singing sort of beca- to to help me overcome a, some speech impediments, which I had when I was a kid. Um, and I, I think that I've gotten, I've thought through those pretty well, but I, I don't think that I could, uh, really ever be a really, uh, quick singer or rapper just because it's just not, uh, it's not something that I've have a lot of experience in, but yeah. maybe, I mean, I don't know, yeah. maybe if it's like, um, more of like a 303 type thing where I'm just sort of yelling, <laughs> I, can, I can get away with it. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And so like. If you kind of got this like once in a lifetime chance, like you got a you got the opportunity to make a song with any artist in the world, like who would you kind of want to work with? Who would you choose to try to make a song with? Um, as a fan, probably Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah, because I think that uh, I think that his his anything any collaborative effort that he goes into, I think that he just like really on the songs and the people that he works with um but i mean it'd be it'd be to make a song with kanye west i think he's for sure um an outside the box thinker um and i think that he his his production skills and his his style of production are like just on another level entirely that we've never seen before so so kanye west would be pretty cool um and uh, who was the other one I was thinking? I do like this question a lot, and I, I, I try my best to like answer it on the spot. Yeah. Because, uh, oh yeah, Tormois, dude. Tormois is so sick, um, and and I just I, I I sort of sort of like Kanye West, just like his production style is just so cool and so interesting and so different that I would love mm-hmm. to make a song with him as well. And so, do you kind of, in your experience, like, playing live, playing live music, do you have kind of one show or, like, one event that kind of stood out that, like, either it stuck with you for some reason or, like, it was just, like, your favorite um, at all? I, uh... When, when Jared and the Mill first started, like, really touring a lot, this, yeah. this my old band, um... We uh, uh, we went on tour with Barry Gibb, who like essentially is the Bee Gees. He's like the last like BG brother who's out there doing the Bee Gees thing. So we basically were on tour with the Bee Gees, and um, and we did a like a, an arena tour where we played at like you know TD Gardens, and we played yeah, at you know uh, we played at um, the Hollywood Bowl, and we played at Jones Beach Theater. We played at all these massive like legendary. Yeah. Uh, arena or or um, theater style venues and like it's it was so cool and like you're definitely intimidated as as a young artist but at the same time going through that was kind of like it it, it made everything a little bit more tangible and realistic for me Mm. and honestly we didn't we didn't make a whole lot of fans because it was mostly like really old people who just wanted to hear stand alive and then go to bed by seven Um, and they're like why (laughs) 
why is anyone other than the Bee Gees on this stage right now? Get yeah. them out of my face. Um, but going on that tour and seeing how it all works, and you know, we we did it, and it just became in my head at the end of that run. I was like, yeah, I could for sure do that again. Yeah, like, it, it I think when things become less, when, I think when when things sort of leave the realm of being unrealistic to you, they become a little bit more attainable. Yeah. So that was my moment of like. Yeah, a couple more years, I can probably figure this out yeah. and do an arena tour for myself. <laughs> and so, like, that that's awesome that you got that chance to play in all these iconic giant venues. Um, so cool. Even after that, do you still have, like, a dream venue or two that you would just love to get the opportunity to play at? Probably Red Rocks. We didn't play at Red Rocks, and, like, that's for sure the one that I've always wanted yeah. to play. Um, I've hiked there because my brother lives in Denver, so I go and visit them, and we do Denver stuff. And one of those things that you can do, you, it's like a state park when it's yeah. on a venue, you know. So like, so going going to Red Rocks is pretty cool, and even without speakers or anything, it sounds so good there. So uh, probably probably that one. Um, but uh, I think it'd be pretty cool to play. Uh, What's the one? What's the one up in New York City? That's like sort of a smaller venue. It's like 500, 600 cap, well, but it's got a really um, great like mezzanine. It's called uh, something, ball, something ballroom. Oh, uh, yeah, I I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of what goes before ballroom. It's named, yeah, but it's named after a street that it's on. Um, I I really don't know. That I don't one. Know. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're talking about because I've heard it before. Like the something ballroom, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's awesome. So, do you kind of have any preference between like a more intimate venue like that and these like giant arena venues? Um, when, when you're Bowery playing? Ballroom, it's Bowery Ballroom. Um, Bowery Ballroom. Got it. And you were you were asking me if I prefer those to giant. Giant venues. Yeah, like more smaller, like intimate shows as opposed to like giant the uh, arena shows. I think so. It's you're you're definitely more in people's face, and you have a lot a lot more like you know communication of energy, and there's a lot more yeah. like human connection there. And it's just more fun when you're doing that because when you're playing for a, like a massive venue, it sort of just looks like a painting in front of you. It doesn't look real, and you don't you don't really like associate. Yeah that with like yes i'm in front of like people and i'm playing oh, music yeah. for them uh, it just becomes like this like wash of stimulus in front of you and it's sort of hard to process yeah. um but you know when you're playing like five to 500 600 people in a little packed room and it's, it's kind of a little hot too hot to be unco- to be comfortable and like you're it's you know it's loud and people are screaming and you can hear them scream it's that's that's way cooler in my opinion yeah and a, a lot of times like as a fan if you go to these concerts in giant arenas if you kind of get tickets like kind of far back rather than like seeing the artist making connection you're just watching like them on a screen like from a camera yeah and so like exactly. that also kind of detaches you like from being there yeah yeah they're kind of like a little ants yeah like so far away from me <laughs> like i could have just youtube this <laughs> so have you had like at concerts or otherwise have you had any like uh like, meaningful fan interactions? Like, have you met anyone who, like, knows you, like, from the band or anything? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I certainly have, uh, had 
my I, I think it just means so much anytime I, I meet somebody who actually enjoys listening to my music. Um, I can't really pinpoint one in particular that's like more important yeah. than the other. Yeah, it's just so true. cool. Like when you when you meet someone and they tell you like that you know this song meant a lot to them, or, or they tell you like you know. I was inspired by you to do this, this, or this, or like your music, your record got me through this hard time. Anytime you have that, you just, I just want to just give them just the yeah. nicest kiss on the cheek because they're so sweet to me. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. It's, it is so crazy when you, you do a little diddly in your room and you, you don't think much of it, but then you record it later on and then, Next thing you know, there's a bunch of people screaming it in front of you, and you're just like, "Wow, this is what is going on." <laughs> this, really... is, this is happening. This is <laughs> real. Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy, man. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah. To answer your question, I it's all it's all super meaningful. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so, like, when fans kind of talk about certain songs that help them, uh, whether it's anything like that or there's a song of yours that's your favorite, is there anything? Like that, like a certain song that kind of means more to you than the others. Um, I don't know. It's all it's all pretty amazing, and 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 I yeah, I guess when I, there's this tune "Wilderness Call" that I just put out not too long ago, mm-hmm. and that song seems to have a really a really big impact on people. Um, it's about overcoming regret and kind of fighting through regret. And, this dilemma that I think everyone has been through where you're bargaining with yourself of, you know, am I a good person? Um, yeah. despite maybe not always making the best judgment calls. Um, and when you see people connect to that, it's very meaningful and it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy to like really get an idea of how impacted people are when, you, when I, when I play that song. So probably that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Those are Thanks, those are all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a great chat, despite all the technical difficulties beforehand. Yeah, but we got through it. We figured it out. And uh, yeah, where can people find you online? Uh, Instagram, websites, anything you have like that. Plug it all. Pretty much everywhere. If, um, you can find my website just uh, wheelwrightphx.com. Um, but if you look at Wheelwright on like TikTok or Instagram or uh, Facebook or Spotify, Apple Music, all those things. Just wheel right. You can usually find me. Yeah, and I'll leave a link to some of that down below. Thank you so much much. for coming on. uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.